Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for being here. Welcome, Hope College. Thank you, Worship Band. Can you guys give them a hand? They are amazing. Every time, every week, every Wednesday, every Friday, every Monday. <laughs> we are grateful to have you here, and I, it's my pleasure, my honor to introduce Dr. Felix Theonagraha, who is the president of Western Theological Seminary. He is our neighbor and our friend, so we're thankful he's here. Would you give him welcome? Thank you, Jill. Hope College, good morning. It is good to be with you this morning. As Jill mentioned, I'm the president of Western Theological Seminary. For those of you who don't know where that is, it's just right there, right next door, uh, right between Dimling Chapel and uh, the Van Andel House of Hope. So here's the thing. We are an open campus at Western Theological Seminary. Our buildings are open, and they're open to you, okay? So I'm gonna issue a big welcome invitation. Come. In fact, this would be super funny. If you are heading that way after this chapel, walk through the building, okay? Just walk through and just like meet yourself at home. Our library is open. You are welcome to study there. We have a beautiful new learning center. You're welcome to just hang out, study together in groups. We have cool chairs from the Hayworth Company. Uh, just go and hang out. And if somebody comes to you and go, what the heck are you doing here? Just tell them, Felix told me I can be here, okay? It is so good to be with all of you this morning. Um, this week has kind of been a rough week. Uh, you know, on Sunday, we heard about the news of Kobe Bryant uh, and uh, whose helicopter crashed. And I think it wasn't just about Kobe and, and, and the legacy that he leaves behind, as complicated as it may be, but the fact that he was with his 13-year-old daughter and, and her teammates. We enter into this week with the reminder that life full of potential can be cut short. I'm reminded of a friend of mine who had a healthy, joyful three-year-old son who was diagnosed with cancer, and less than two years later, he passed away. Sometimes tragedy hit closer to home. I wonder if some of you have experienced or are experiencing conflict at home. As someone reminded me just last week, break, going home, sometimes it's not as restful as you would like it to be. Perhaps a lifelong friend, someone who you've been close to uh, your whole life, it's, you're not getting along anymore. Perhaps you're experiencing some brokenness in relationship, someone that you were ready and excited to spend forever with is now no longer with you. Sometimes tragedy can hit in the form of uh, finances. You're wondering how I'm going to make it this semester financially. Maybe it's an injury that is threatening your athletic career, an injury that you know about, that you barely hinted at to your parents, that you haven't even told your trainer or your coach because you know what they're going to say and you're just a little worried. Perhaps you're experiencing debilitating physical and emotional pain that even though you're here, no one around you knows, and you, but you know that the fact that you made it to classes this morning, the fact that you made it to chapel right now, is a victory in and of itself. Our lives can be full of pain and suffering and hardship. So Hope College, this morning, I want to encourage you, if you have a Bible with you, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to look at a text that Paul wrote in the context of his ministry. But I want to look at it today in the context of our Christian life. 
This is what the text says, beginning from verse 7 in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed and made known in our body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Two things that I want to drive home today. One is this. Suffering and hardship is a normal part of the Christian life. It is part of what it means for us as followers of Jesus to live in this broken, messy, and sinful world. But here's the second part I want to share with you today. The power that comes from knowing Jesus is an all-surpassing power that, will, that enables us to endure any hardship that may come our way. Let me put it another way. You, as Christ followers, you, as Jesus follower, you, as people who know God, you have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That resurrection power is in you, and that power enables you to endure any hardship and suffering that you may endure. And when you do so, you give witness to the power of our risen Lord. Notice here in the text, Paul used the imagery of treasure in jars of clay. This treasure is the knowledge of God. We usually put treasure in really special places, but he said this treasure is placed in jars of clay, referring to our human frailty. But notice that Paul didn't say, since you have this treasure, you're really up to upgrade the case that it's in. Maybe you ought to upgrade from a jar of clay to a jar of steel. No, he focused on the transformative power that the treasure has on the jars. They are hard-pressed but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. The all-surpassing power of God in our lives enables us to endure whatever hardship come our way. Prior to coming to Western Theological Seminary, I lived in Chicago for about 17 years. When I was there, I, a story is often told of this lawyer by the name of Horatio Spafford. Horatio lived uh, in the late 19th century. He was a wealthy lawyer. He had bought, invested in all this land on the developing north side of the city. But in 1871, during the Great Fire of Chicago, much of his property was destroyed. He worked hard to rebuild his family and his wealth, but two years into it, he realized that they needed a vacation. So in 1873, he decided to go on a vacation to London with his wife and four daughters. But in the last minute, a business matter came up, so he stayed behind and he sent them ahead. While at sea, the ship that his wife and daughters were on was rammed into by another vessel. It sank in minutes, 12 minutes, it was said. When his wife got to London, she cabled back, saved alone, what shall I do? Upon receiving this cable, Horatio immediately got on his ship and he went uh, and made his way to London. 
When the captain of the ship, the Hiwasan, knew exactly why he, who he was and why he was there. And when they passed the point where his daughters had perished, the captain let him know. But Horatio later on wrote in the letter saying, I passed that point mid-ocean, three miles deep. But our dear ones are not there. They are safe, folded in the arms of Jesus. But these words were not the words that made Horatio famous to us today. He later on wrote a poem. They became the lyrics of that famous hymn that we often sing. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say. It is well, it is well with my soul. Friends, I don't know what hardship suffering or difficulties that you are enduring today or that you will endure in these dreary, cold, cloudy days of January and February. But I do know this. As followers of Jesus, God has given us an all-surpassing power that will help us endure any hardship that may come our way. And let me encourage you to do so because when we do so, we give witness to the power of our faithful and loving God. It's a joy to be with you today. Go in peace and go with the power of Jesus. Amen. Amen.